Hey guys, I want to tell you about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. And how do I know? Because Todd Orndorff on a podcast now switched to Anchor. And it's absolutely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Can you imagine not having to lug all of your equipment every place you go to do an interview or record? You can do it all right from your phone. Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you want to be heard, they send you there. You do the fun stuff, they do the hard stuff. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good evening, evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome welcome to the Toddcast, Toddcast, featuring featuring the number one Toddcaster in America, America, Todd Todd, Ordorff. What's up, what's up, and good evening to you, this is Todd Ordorff on the Toddcast, coming at you from the great state of PA, Central, PA to be exact, but not today. I am in Salamanca, New York at Seneca Allegheny Casino for the York Penn Sportsman Show. Let me tell you, this is the first time I've ever been here. I wish I would have came here in the past. Even even if I wasn't doing this show, if I was just coming up here to check out outdoors type things, meet outdoorsy people, people like me, I wish I would have been here in the past because this is a wonderful show, wonderful people. The director, John, has done a phenomenal job. Let me tell you about this guy. Comes in wearing a suit, wearing a cowboy hat, and he's running around like crazy because he cares about this show, because the show is that good. And it's because of people like John who put forth the effort to make this thing happen. I'm very pleased and very proud that I get to be a part of this whole operation. Got to meet many people, got to talk to a lot of people, which was good. And I did do two sit-down conversations, one with the legendary Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Got to speak with a man named Kevin, who works for them. Great guy. He was a guide for 17 years in Colorado. And I got to talk to Dave Hall, who is the owner-operator, Top Flight Sport Fishing, which has a location right around here in Lake Erie area. And down in West Palm Beach, Florida. If you guys take a vacation to Florida, stop and see my boy Dave down there in West Palm Beach. And go on out and catch some mahi for me and bring some back. Before we get to the interviews that I did, which are really cool. I'm really glad I got to meet these people. Great guys. few things we got to talk about. And I'm kicking this show off with hockey. Haven't spoken a whole lot about hockey yet on this show, but three days ago, I'm sitting, checking my FanDuel out. Playing some hockey. I'm a, I play a lot of hockey fandle. And I was watching the Calgary Flames. Let me tell you something about Calgary. I have never seen in my life such a sloppy puck handling. I was watching the game with my stepfather. And we're there. And we're just looking at each other. Their passing ability was terrible. I almost said let's change the game. But I had a player on the opposing team in fandle. So unfortunately... You know, if you're playing somebody, you got to watch the game. So, unfortunately, I had to sit through that entire mess just getting ready to pull my hair out. And then after a while, it just started to be – and then I just I just had to start laughing because I could not believe such sloppiness on the ice. It was disgusting. That was my hockey rant. But I will say, my fan duel in hockey right now is looking pretty darn good. Three days in a row, made money each day. Bada boom, realest hockey fantasy player in the room. How you doing? Like, if you're not winning, 
or like you know made more money than you like lost then you should just like like you know like stop your bragging todd before we get to the interviews i just want to give my wwe fast lane predictions Pretty excited about the pay-per-view. Kevin Owens over Dolph Ziggler. Thank God Kevin Owens is back. Thank God Kevin Owens is here. It's about time that being a wrestling fan that we get to see a no-good, ignorant, dirty, rotten, piece-of-garbage heel again. One that's not trying to be a cool heel. Trying to do cool things, but you know you're a bad guy. Nobody wants that. I don't care if you do. You're going to change your mind. You don't want to see that, believe me. Kevin Owens wants to be the heel. Like, he wants to be the old school heel where people want to throw rocks at him. People want to stab him in the parking lot. That's the kind of guy Kevin Owens is as a wrestler, and I very much appreciate his efforts and trying to keep us entertained. Charlotte Overbreed Bella, because Brie is leaving, and Charlotte's obviously just a thousand times better than her. Becky Lynch, how you doing, baby? She's my future wife, by the way, in case you guys do not know. She doesn't know it yet either, but that's what it's going to be. That's what's going to happen. If I say a duck can pull a truck, you better hook them up. Becky Lynch is tag teaming with Sasha Banks versus Naomi and Tamina. My baby Becky's getting a pinfall on that one. Kalisa and Alberto Del Rio, two out of three falls match. I don't see that too often. That's pretty exciting. I see... I hope Kalisto wins, but I'm not sure. I'm a little torn. I'm taking Kalisto, though, just because I like him a lot better than Del Rio. Del Rio is like a Sheamus. He doesn't do anything. He does. There's he tries to be charismatic, but it just doesn't stick to you. Ryback, Big Show, and Kane versus the Wyatt family. I see the Wyatts winning this one. And a big shout-out to Luke Harper, Brody Lee from back in the day when I used to watch him for Chikara, and the match that I am so looking forward to, AJ Styles and Chris Jericho. You guys want to watch wrestling? You don't want to watch entertainment, just sports entertainment. You want to watch a wrestling match? Watch AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, and the best in the world at what he does. Chris Jericho, make sure you watch that match. That's pretty awesome, pretty exciting. Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar. I see a swerve of some kind happening. I can see the Fed, just because they're so weird about things. Having these three men ultimately at some point doing a fatal four-way for the title at Mania. That's my predictions. That's what I'm saying. Write it down. And when it's right, tell me I'm right. And if it's wrong, still tell me I'm right. What do you say we hit up the interviews with Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and Top Flight Sports Fishing? Here we go. Did you ever want to go? Did you ever want to go fishing? Did you ever want to go in Lake Erie or West Palm Beach, Florida? Well, if you did, then listen in to Dave Hall and Todd Flight Sports Fishing. All right, everybody, this is Todd Ornorf again with, this time, Top Flight Sport Fishing. They have a location in Florida and here in Lake Erie. How's the show so far for you? Very good. Lots of people, lots of vendors. Always a good turnout here. How many years now have you been to this show? Uh, this will be my second year. I'm always looking forward to come back. Last year was a great year. Yeah, I grew up uh, about two and a half hours away from here, and honestly, this is the first time that I ever heard of the show. I mean, I'm honestly pretty impressed. It's, I was told a few weeks ago that the turnout is usually like six or 7,000 in a two-day period. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, I visited the show three years ago as, a, as an attendee, and now I decided to come back. I'm like, I, I had to come back here. I'm like, there's so many people, it's a little, little place, and did really well. 
That's awesome. So, all right, you have locations in Florida and in Lake Erie. If I were to book a charter trip with you here in Lake Erie, what kind of fish am I going to go for? Because I'm a big fisherman, so your brochures that you gave me, I will be keeping. I promise you that. So, what kind of fish can somebody who books a charter with you find out there? On Lake Erie, primarily targeting you know Lake Erie walleye and yellow perch. Um, we start in the western end of Lake Erie in Port Clinton and follow, you know, it's kind of like the nursery. And then as the summer heats up, we go east and fish off Ashtabula, which would be the closest point to here. Um, and then in the fall there in Ashtabula, we finish out with jumbo yellow perch. I have a question here. Uh, is walleye your favorite fish to eat? I would say it's my favorite freshwater fish to catch, but yellow perch are my favorite to eat. I've honestly never had yellow fish. I've been fishing since I was like four years old. But I actually had some walleye last week, uh, which I believe actually came from Lake Erie. My stepdad caught it. The batter that we used to fry this thing up was like a pancake batter mix that we found online. If you ever get the chance, make sure that you try that out. We're going out in Lake Erie. We're going uh, out in the water. What kind of trips does Top Flight offer? Uh, it's all one to six people. I uh, got a 30 foot boat. We include all the rods, reels, bait and tackle. Um, pretty much everybody that just has to bring food, drinks, and a fishing license. And then we got a service at the dock that'll clean the fish for you. It's a pretty good deal. If you people out there are afraid to touch your fish, don't worry about it. They got people to do it for you. So, what kind of lures are you using? Uh, we use a thing like a just called True Trip Diver uh, with spoons and worm harnesses towed behind them. And then a, and a, and later in the summer, we're using uh, like crankbaits. There's uh, bandit lures and uh, a wire line from torpedo divers that we're actually using to get the baits down. Um, I've actually uh, seen torpedo divers online before. Explain what they do, though. Well, you, they got a couple different things. I'm actually on their pro staff, so it's oh, um, you kind of know the owner real well and that, and it's kind of cool. Um, the torpedo diver is like a super efficient weight that will take, take your lure down, and then they also have a wire that we use. It's like a 19-strand like cable so it doesn't kink or break that we long line crankbaits with to get the bait down. So it's kind of a couple different presentations, different times of year. It's all got its application. So you're only on the talk, guys. Can you go to Seneca Allegheny Casino and get a pro staffer? So that's pretty awesome. So let's jump down into Florida because, personally, I love Florida a lot. I really do. What part of Florida where are you guys in down there? We're in West Palm Beach, Florida. Kind of Singer Island's our destination that you want to go to. Um, you know, Palm Beach, it's paradise year-round. Summertime year-round zone, I call it. If you want to go see some honeys and you want to go fishing – Go check out Top Flight Sport Fishing down there. So I saw in the brochure there's mahi there that yes. you go out for. I've only ever gone out on a charter one time in my life. I was in Biloxi, Mississippi. I went out for shark. And uh, I never ventured down to fish Florida other than mahi. What else you catch? Uh, pretty much like your mahi, are, are they're there year-round, but in bigger numbers through the spring, through the fall, through the summer. Um where in the wintertime, like now, you can go and catch your billfish, catch your sailfish. And it's, you know, there's sailfish tournaments going on. Palm Beach was like the epicenter of sailfish tournaments. It's where it all started. Um, just north of us in Stewart, sailfish capital of the world is the so-called. Um, so your, your billfish are primarily in the winter, but the mahi are still around. Uh, in the winter, in the summertime, your mahi are out there in crazy numbers, but this, your billfish tend to go down a little bit. Uh, out of those fish... Which is the biggest fight? Because as a fisherman, yes, it's great to catch, but everybody wants that tough fight, you know, especially if you're a man, because we're men, you know, we want to show our strength. So which one is the toughest? Uh, sailfish, I would say by far, is the more thrilling of a fight. Very acrobatic, you know, they tail dance across the water. 
Um, you're big fish, um, but you're not really good to eat. So that's why we go after mahi too. So now we're in a boat in Florida. How many miles out in the ocean are you going? Well, that's kind of the beauty of the Palm Beach Treasure Coast area is right now we're catching sailfish like a half a mile to a mile off the beach. So, you know, eight hours a day on the waters, like seven, seven and a half hours of fishing. Um, we're very, very close. It's the closest point the Gulf Stream comes into, into, into the continental U.S. So it, it's very, very, very close. That's why it's kind of like the South Florida like epicenter of, of offshore fishing. So it's West Palm Beach. A getaway destination. You can go fishing. If you're a guy, you can check out the babes. If you're a babe, you can check out the dudes. So I got the brochures here. Dude, these things are pretty nice. There's a picture on the front of this right now with, I don't know, like 30 fish on there. It, that's, a, that's a one-day trip in Lake Erie. Yes. One-day trip in Lake Erie. They got about 30 fish. If you guys come here tomorrow, make sure you stop by Top Flight Sport Fishing. The display is awesome. Great backdrop. Honestly, probably the best display I've seen here. So hats off to you for that. Appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank Thank you very much. Cool. I hope you guys got some information about Top Flight Sport Fishing. Honestly, if you guys are able to come here tomorrow, please come and check out his booth where he has pictures beyond pictures of these massive fish from Florida, from Lake Erie. And it's just very, very professional. That's why I was really happy to have Dave on. He's a very nice guy. But I was also happy to have him on because he runs a professional outfitter. And you can tell, without ever being out on a boat with him, you can just tell, hey, look at this. I care about my product. I care about what I'm presenting to you. Because I want your business, and not only do we catch great fish, but we are also a professional outfitter. So big thanks to Dave. I'm definitely going to get with Top Flight Sport Fishing myself here in the future. If you guys are interested in a fishing trip, come on now. Who else are you going to call? Top Flight Sport Fishing. Make sure you check them out. Make sure you tell them that you heard about them on Todd or North on the Toddcast. And if you want to look up the prices because you are interested, which you should be if you're not, you go to www.topflightfishing.com. You could give a call to 440-221-8368. That, my friends, is Top Flight Sport Fishing. Thank you again, Dave. And now we got another interview, this time with Kevin, like I mentioned earlier, from the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. If you guys don't know anything about the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, let me tell you this. Let me tell you some of the good that they do. They have helped bring back the habitat for over 7 million acres of land in this great area that we call Earth. Not only does it help the elk, it helps squirrels, like he says. It's It helps the white-tailed deer, the black-tailed deer, the mule deer, any kind of deer. It helps wildlife, it helps nature, it helps the hunter, it helps the animals. And I heard this the other day. This is pretty exciting and pretty fascinating. Come 1990, there was less than 100,000 elk in America. Now, thanks to people like the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, there is over 1.3 million. But wait a second. There's hunters out there that are hunting. And hunting, not being conservation, 
you can know you know where to stick it. I'm not I'm, I'm not going to accept that. I'm not going to I'm not going to accept that kind of BS in my life because 95% of the money that goes into the to helping the land and helping the animals is produced by hunters through things like the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and license sales. We are the ones that are doing it. I want to see the antis give as much as us hunters give. That's what I want to see. This topic always fires me up. Always fires me up because for some reason, over time, we have had this switch. We have had this turn throughout society where being a hunter is some evil, evil thing to do. And if, it's, and if you're a hunter, if you go out and you shoot an animal, shame on you. Well, I'm not accepting that. It won't be shame on me. I've shot animals myself, and guess what? I'm proud of it because I got to feed myself and people I love. You know what happens if you don't hunt? Let me explain something to you real quick. It's a harsh world out there in the wilderness. It is. It's a very harsh world out there. Right now, I am looking out the window of my hotel room here at Seneca Allegheny Casino in Salamanca, New York. I'm looking right out my window, and I've got this gorgeous mountainside. With about a foot and a half of snow out there. These animals live in it. If they are lucky enough to survive. Say a deer lasts seven years. It's just going to get pounded. It's just going to die of natural causes. Coyotes. Illness. And it's going to rot. I'm sorry. I don't want animals to rot because I do care about them and I do love them. Well, how can you hunt if you say you love an animal? For reasons like that. I know it would go to good use, and I am thankful every time I pull the trigger or release the bow, and I get to take home a game animal of my choice. I am proud that I can do that. I am proud that I have it within me to do that, because it's not easy. Hunting is not about the kill. Hunting is some of the best times you would ever have in your life, even if you don't get to take home an animal. Why? Because you are exploring this land in which we live. That is why. It's about being with your buddies. It's about new experiences. It's about testing your mental strength. Overcoming adversity. All these things can help you become a better man or a woman. So for every anti out there who says shame on you for doing this, shame on you for not opening your eyes, for not giving more. So enough of that crap. That kind of fires me up. I am really excited about this. Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, I am very honored to say that I got to do an interview with the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, something so prestigious in the outdoor industry. So folks, please enjoy my new pal, Kevin. As we talk about R-M-E-F. You're about to listen to the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation with Kev. Todd Orndorff on the TalkCast from the Seneca Allegheny Casino, York Penn Sportsman Show. This morning I had the privilege of meeting Kevin from the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Being a hunter and outdoorsman, I've always wondered about the, about the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation itself done a little bit of research. I'm a big fan of Cameron Haynes, and he promotes Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation a lot. But we got Kevin here. For the people who don't know what the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation it is, how would you describe what you guys are about, what you do, and how you help 
Okay, we're a nonprofit organization comprised of people who donate their time and, of course, dollars for the purpose of preserving buying habitat for Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. That habitat is not just for hunting, it's for camping, it's for fishing, it's for hiking, it's just for anybody to enjoy. And many people think it's because that uh, many hunters support it that it's just for hunting. It is not. It is for the public to have the use of lands that will not be developed so that the elk have wintering grounds and we have projects going on in a number of states right now. Many people are, are familiar with the uh, Rocky Mountain herd, which is where they came from, at Benazette, Pennsylvania. And that was started with the donations that came to us, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. And then we involved, got involved with the Pennsylvania State Game Commission. They, of course, now handle that. And we've pretty much taken a back seat on that. My first time ever to Benazette, and I have to mention this because this is a story that to this day I can't believe happened. I told you earlier that because of where I grew up, there are no elk within two hours of me. So in order to see the elk, I had to do a little bit of traveling. My first time ever up to Benazette, there's a pull-off. I'm not exactly sure the road to go to, but there's a big mountainside. And we got there at exactly, I think it was exactly 10.30 in the morning, if I recall. And I saw probably 100 cars pulled over, so I knew something good was going to happen. We pull over, and on the side of this hill, I saw the single-file line. And it didn't stop going across this mountainside for probably 45 minutes. A single-file line of elk, and it was one of the absolute most amazing things I've ever seen. I heard the bugles, and... Honestly, right now saying it, like I got a little bit of chills because there's nothing in the world like hearing an elk bugle. I think so. It's a pretty magical. Uh, it's a pretty magical sound. I've had uh, the privilege of guiding elk hunts for 17 years, and I've had hunters who sometimes did not get an elk, but they said hearing a bell, a bugle of the elk, made their whole trip. So. Uh, it's 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 definitely something. <laughs> if you've never heard an elk bugle, I, I suggest you go to YouTube and or I don't know. There might be some clips on the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation site themselves where you could possibly hear it. But if you've never heard it, make sure that you at least go to YouTube and, and check it out. It is a, it is a sound that an animal makes that is uncomparison to any other animal. I think now. You were talking about being a guide, and you were a guide for how long? 17 years? 17 years. 17 years? Yes, 17 years. What is the biggest challenge taking people out to the woods? What's the biggest struggle or the biggest issue with maintaining a happy customer, happy guest, and the success rate, if you could give about an average over the years. Okay, let, let me preface my statements with this. The two most common phrases I've heard from people who have come out hunting. We'll be doing our next door prize. Number one, on I wasn't hour. ready for this. And once again, Number two, boots. I waited too long. And of course, so many guys have this dream of going the on an elk hunt, and it's, it's not cheap, and they've got to accumulate the dollars and have the time to get out there and many end up going when they're older well when you're hunting up at above 10,000 feet which is where a lot of the hunting is it's very difficult so I would say that 
probably the biggest thing that people have to be aware of. You've got to have yourself fit enough to really go on a hunt. Now, you can go to places where... Uh, I would call it similar to a fenced-in area. A high-fenced area. Yeah, yes. where you might uh, be guaranteed an elk or a certain size elk. But when we talk about hunting elk, we're talking hunting in national forests, public land, where you have to physically get out and walk. You may get lucky, but uh, don't depend on that. The average first-time hunter in Colorado, the success is about 5%. The total for the entire state of everybody, residents and non-residents, runs about 20 to 25 percent. And stop and think about that, because Colorado has the largest elk herd in the United States. Yes. So it would not be unusual to go out and hunt for a whole week, and you may not even see anything. It doesn't mean they're not there. Let me define success. Success is not what you get. I'll get many times people say, what's your percentage of success? I don't go by that. I'll say, I'll tell you what the the percentage of opportunity is, which is quite higher than the success rate. Absolutely. And the reason is because people are unprepared, they're out of breath, they can't make a shot, and they're used to shooting off of a bench. And when you're walking and you've got to shoot offhand or trying to get a rest, the animals are not going normally in a single file in a long line. You normally have three to five seconds in the wooded area, and it's heavily forested where we hunt. You've got to be ready, and you have to be able to engage your animal. And I want to say this. If you don't respect the animal, if you can't appreciate the uh, majesty, majesty of the country and the animal, don't even go. I 100% agree home. with that. I 100% agree with that. You know, so many people nowadays, well, not really so many, I guess, but the times for a hunter have changed a little bit. It feels like there is a lot more going against us now. You know, they're basically all the antis. And I think that somehow word has to get out that it's not about the kill it's about respecting the land it's about enjoying the nature it's about the weekend with the buddies out at the camp it's about the trips and just the mountains in colorado which someday i will get there but i've never gotten there yet right hunting is con conservation exactly for the people who don't really believe in that that the hunters their money their time in the woods and even taking a game animal, how can you say that that is conservation? Well, with the money that the hunters spend on licenses and on uh, gear, firearms, I want to make something very clear. Hunters do not have weapons. Hunters have firearms. They're for recreation and sporting and entertainment for themselves. And policemen and soldiers carry weapons. They have a whole different purpose. And so that's a great statement. I would use an example. You can have a ball bat. You can play ball with it. But if you use it to attack somebody, it is then a weapon. So hunters carry firearms. And I know I'm getting off the top. No, a that's a great bit, analogy. I'm but, actually glad you said that. But uh, that's very, that, it's I, very I try good. to make that point to so-called anti-gun people. Uh, some people like to shoot strictly for recreation. They may never go, quote, hunting in their lives. They just enjoy that activity. Some people collect guns. And that somebody wants to hunt is not just killing an animal. I know people who have hunted 5, 10, 15 years for elk and have not gotten one. Now, 
that seems strange to me. But at the same time, they come back, they've got pictures, they've enjoyed themselves, they've been outdoors. And if you get an elk, that's a bonus. And it's the same, it should be the same with any type of, of game. Um, so for someone that enjoys yachting, we don't question their right to burn fuel and pollute the atmosphere. So if somebody wants to go hunting, why do we question their right to go out and enjoy themselves? Yes, exactly, 100%. So you can use all kinds of analogies, and there will be arguments for and against it all down the line. But if you're enjoying doing it, you're not harming anybody, then that's your thing that you like to do. If you like to golf, go play golf. That's okay. If you like to hunt, go hunting. That's fine. Say that I plan an elk hunt, okay? A guided elk hunt in Colorado. What tips could you give me or the people listening on how to plan for an elk hunt? Well, first of all, you got to know where you're going to go. And in some states, you can only get a ticket or a license by applying early and going into a lottery system. And so you have to decide where you want to go. Make sure you get your application in so you can be in the drawing. You may not draw. And incidentally, Colorado has drawing licenses, but they also have over-the-counter they have several seasons. The uh, muzzleloader and the first rifle season are by draw only. But the archery and the second and third rifle seasons currently are over the counter. What happens is a lot of people will apply for a license in another state. They don't get drawn, so they come to Colorado and hunt because they can hunt by buying a license over the counter. So the big thing is know where you want to go. And sometimes you have to do this several years ahead of time. So you apply for your licenses. You may not get it. Decide where you want to go. And once you decide where you want to go, make sure you're in shape for that. The majority of people in this area and maybe where you live probably don't live more than 2,000 feet above sea level. Correct. And a lot of people from the East Coast are maybe 500 feet above sea level, if that. When you're going to go into the mountains, and especially in Colorado, uh, most of your, your hunting is going to be above 6,000 feet. Typically, 9,000, 10,000 feet. Tree line is 11,500. And it's not unusual, depending on the weather, for the elk to be hanging up high. You may have to go up high to have an opportunity to find them. So you have to be physically ready. And I don't mean you have to be a weightlifter. It's cardiovascular. Good cardio. It's all cardio. And you've got to walk. You've got to, you don't have to run. But you've got to walk, you've got to be able to carry a pack, because if you go into the mountains, you've got to have your water, you've got to have some type of food, you should have a survival pack. If something happens, you get stuck up, up there overnight. Uh, you've got to be able to carry the things to take care of yourself, not just a firearm and ammunition. So uh, it's, it's a very, very... It's very testy, intense. Very intense. And, of course, there are those who will say, well, I went out and it wasn't bad. Well, in some areas, yes, you can drive a four-wheeler around on different trails and roads. Uh, the area that I go to, uh, most of the trails, you can't get a four-wheeler on, four around them anyway. You're going to have to walk. And uh, many people are just unprepared for that. Well, that's, that's extremely useful information for me because, like I said, a bow elk hunt for me is like the ultimate dream and someday i'm gonna make it out west i'm gonna make that happen now before we close memberships how can people contribute to the rocky mountain elk foundation and 
help donate. Well, the uh, memberships are open to anybody. You don't have to be a hunter. You don't even have to be a conservationist if you don't want to be. But the uh, uh, annual membership is $35. The money goes, again, for nonprofit. And you get a nice magazine every two months with beautiful photography in it. A lot of articles. They're not just about hunting. They're about all kinds of adventures that people have outdoors. And anybody can join, or you can go to a banquet, and we're having our banquet at the end of uh, April. And typically you'll buy a ticket, which gives you one-year membership in the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, and your dinner, and at the banquet you can have raffles and games and auctions where you can win prizes consisting of all kinds of things, including firearms, if you're entitled to have a firearm. So uh, anybody can join, and I would encourage anybody that likes the outdoors to consider joining the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. It's well worth it, and you're supporting a great cause that's benefiting more than just you. It's also benefiting the wildlife because those habitat areas that we preserve, they have squirrels, they have bears, they have birds, they have deer, they have elk, they have all kinds of animals, and it preserves that environment for wildlife so guys there you have it if you like to hunt make sure you go to rockymountainupfoundation.com make sure you you donate you get a membership and kevin thank you very much for your thank time you. i'm very glad i met you nice to meet you too. awesome thank you. thank you buddy hope to see you out there someday yes i don't have many years left so <laughs> i'll make sure to come by thank you very much to kev that was awesome happy to have you happy to see you happy to meet you this is a really awesome show, and it goes until February 21st, so I expect you guys, if you're around Salamanca, New York, if you're around Seneca Allegheny Casino, come on up, come on out, come say hi, I'll be at the radio booth, you can come come see what's up, I'll introduce you to Kev, we can talk conservation, I'll introduce you to Dave, we can talk some deep sea fishing, but thank you guys so much. For all that you do this past week here, the show blew up, and I appreciate that very, very much. We hit Spain, also along with Guam and Norway, as you know, and one other country. It won't let me see who it is. It says unknown. But thank you guys for everything that you do, for all the love and the support that I'm getting via social media. Check me out on the Toddcast at gmail.com, T-O on the Toddcast for Twitter, living. L-I-V-I-N for the hunt on Instagram. Come check me out. Come say hey. Well, I guess it's about time for me to ride off into the sunset. Why? Because I got one more day here at the York Penn Sportsman Show. Make sure you're there. If you're around Salamanca, if you're around Seneca, Allegheny, come on by. Come say hey. Tell a friend. Tell a foe. Grab your girl. Let's go. Stop on by the booth. Stop on by Rocky Mountain Duck Foundation, learn a little bit more about conservation, and stop by Top Flight Sport Fishing, and book a trip to go fishing. Who knows, maybe I'll be on the trip with you. Till next time, folks. Thank you for listening. The attendance was off the charts. Tune in next time to Todd Orndorff on the Toddcast. Thank you, and good night.